When Around the World in 80 Days was written in 1872, it was science fiction. Circling the globe so quickly was impossible. But in 1889, journalist Nellie Bly set out to make it a reality. Better yet, she'd do it in 72 days. Hello and welcome to Incredible Feats, a ParCast original. I'm your host, Dan Cummins. You can find episodes of Incredible Feats and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. In 1887, Nellie published the series 10 Days in a Madhouse in the New York world. She'd gone undercover as a patient in an insane asylum faking illness to expose horrifying medical practices. Her expose helps bring about much needed asylum reform. Now, in 1889, she wants to one-up spending 10 days in an institution. So she pitches her editor, Joseph Pulitzer, namesake of the world's most prestigious journalism award, a series about circumnavigating the globe in just 75 days, inspired by Jules Verne's sci-fi novel. Per Smithsonian Magazine, Pulitzer told her that her gender would make the trip impossible. No one but a man can do this, he said. Very well, she replied. Start the man and I'll start the same day for some other newspaper and beat him. Nice! 25-year-old iron-willed Nellie got the go-ahead for the assignment. She departs November 14th, 1889. She'll be on the road through January, AKA the worst time of year to travel, when the Atlantic Ocean is extra stormy and diseases abound, including the grip and malaria. She is stoked. Her trip begins in glamorous Hoboken, New Jersey, where she boards a steamer across the Atlantic. Think a less fancy, but luckily more floaty Titanic. And she's immediately seasick. It's common practice for women traveling at the time to have a chaperone, but Nellie travels most of the way alone. If she had a problem with a ship or a train, or if a man made advances, one stranger actually proposed marriage. She knew she could handle it herself. She makes it to London and then quickly to Paris, where she meets up with Jules Verne himself. He says he'll applaud her if she makes it in 79 days, four past her planned 75 days. Nellie takes ferries through the Mediterranean, a steamship down the Nile, rickshaws through India, riding horses and even a donkey between boats and trains. It's like that planes, trains, and automobiles movie, except there are no planes or automobiles, and not always trains. The entire time, she's writing a witty travelogue and mailing articles to New York and wiring short updates to Joseph Pulitzer. By Christmas Day, she's in Hong Kong. While booking her ship to Japan, she learns she'd had competition this whole time. A reporter from Cosmopolitan did set out the same day, circling the globe in the opposite direction. Rival reporter Elizabeth Bisland was Cosmo's literary editor and was given the assignment purely because she was a single young woman and she was sent off with just six hours notice after Cosmo got wind of the New York world story. Elizabeth is told that if she can't beat Nellie Bly fair and square, she is to kill her. How intense is that? It's also not true. She's just told to beat her, but still very exciting. 
Now it's a race against time and Cosmopolitan. And according to the travel booker in Hong Kong, Nellie is losing. Nellie races onward. Around this time, she tells a ship engineer she'd rather die than miss her deadline. The engineer cranks up the speed and she shaves a day off her schedule while sailing from Yokohama, Japan to San Francisco, California. Nellie returns to America, a public sensation. The nation cheers her on, helping her on the final leg. She rides a special one-car train east across the country. If the train doesn't break down, she'll be two more days ahead of schedule. But will it be enough to beat Elizabeth Bisland? Nellie pulls into Jersey City, New Jersey on January 25th, 1889. She'd beat her own goal by three days. Jules Verne's story by eight, and she'd beat Elizabeth Bisland by four days. Everyone actually wins, since Bisland wanted to lose. While Nellie was excited about her trip, Elizabeth was not. She'd been roped in. When told of the assignment, Elizabeth had tried to get out of it, saying she couldn't go because she had nothing to wear and guests were coming over for dinner that night. Her boss made her go anyway. She wasn't looking to win or get international attention. She just wanted to keep her job. Nellie follows up her feet with a four-city lecture tour and she publishes a book adapted from her articles. And Joseph Pulitzer never doubts his star reporter again. Thanks for tuning in to Incredible Feats. For more episodes of Incredible Feats, follow us on Spotify. And for more shows like this, check out the other ParCast originals, all available on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts. For more info on Nellie Bly's incredible journey, check out her book, Around the World in 72 Days. We also found the coverage by the Smithsonian Magazine and Matthew Goodman's book, 80 Days, incredibly helpful. And you can find more of me, Dan Cummins, by listening to my numerous stand-up comedy albums on Spotify, or by checking out my true crime, history, and more podcast, Time Suck, and my true horror and campfire tale podcast, Scared to Death. Incredible Feats is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It was created by Max Cutler. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo, produced by John Cohen and associate produced by Jonathan Ratliff and Maggie Admire. Incredible Feats stars Dan Cummins. Join me tomorrow for another incredible feat. <laughs>